you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. ...among his brothers who said, well, if if it wasn't going to be me, if it's not me, if they pass me up, surely it wouldn't be David. Surely it wouldn't be the small boy outside tending dad's sheep. But they go and fetch David, and David comes before Samuel. And as Samuel begins to examine him, and as he begins to ask God, is this the one? God looks at him, and he said, yes, Samuel, that is the next king of Israel. Well, Well, what do you mean, God? He's just a lad. God, he's just a boy. He doesn't understand what may be going on here today. When I get out this horn of oil and I begin to anoint him king, he doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to act like a king. He doesn't look like a king. He may not be able to even tie his own shoe, but God said, don't despise the day of small things. You may look at him and say, it's just a boy, but I look at him and I said, that's going to be the next king that's going to deliver Israel. What I want to tell our our adults in this place, don't ever look at a child and say that God won't use them or God can't use them or they don't know what all's going on. Don't despise the day of small things, but rejoice in the day of small things. So we all know the story. He's out tending his dad's sheep while his his eldest sons go to battle. And so Jesse one day calls David. He said, David, I know that you really want to be fighting, but you're not old enough. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. He said, but I do have a job for you, David. He said, I want you to go down to the battlefield, and I want you to take this food to your, your brothers. And so David, being the good lad that he was, he, he takes the food from his father, and he makes the journey down to where Israel was fighting the Philistines. And he walks up on quite an interesting scene as he, as he walks up, and he walks into the camp, and nobody is to be found, and everybody is hiding in the corner of their tent But he hears somebody out on the the battlefield. He hears a voice coming from the valley. And he looks out and he sees an uncircumcised Philistine who stands out in the valley between the mountains. And he begins to mock Israel. And he begins to mock the God of Israel. And he's, he's beginning to say, who will come and fight me? Who will come and meet me on the battlefield? And who will I overcome today? And I can imagine David in his little little boyish ways, his little innocence, as he begins to look around for his big strong brothers, but only nobody is to be found. 
And so finally he finds Saul and he goes, he said, King, who is going to fight this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he to despise the Lord of Israel? Who is he to mock? He said, King, who is going to fight this giant? And I can see the king as he looks around and he says, well, see, that's the thing, boy. They're, everybody's afraid. Nobody, nobody wants to fight the giant. And in his innocence, David says, king, I'll go fight him. And I can imagine, oh, Saul, as he begins to laugh, he said, well, son, you, you don't even know what you're asking for. There, there is no way in the world I'm going to send you out to battle. He said, hey, he said, send me. Send me. I'll go fight. That If nobody else will fight, I'm going to pause here for just a second that sometimes God moves upon the adults and sometimes God moves upon the, the, the older young people and he is saying, hey, who will worship me? Who will work for me? Who will be my mouthpiece? And while they're over there hiding in the, in the, in the shadows of the tent because they're afraid, there just may be a, a, a little lad like David that will arise that will say, hey, if nobody else is going to worship, if nobody else tonight will clap their hands, if nobody will come into this building to lift their hands, then I'll stand and I'll lift my hands. Don't let, don't let the, 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 the despisement of the young people, of the, the, the small things, don't let your despisement of the small things cause someone to rob your blessing. So David begins to try to convince Saul. And he said, Saul, he said, King, he said, but what you don't know about me, I look like a boy. He said, but I, I, I was tending sheep on the hillside. I was tending my father's sheep. And King, a lion came. A lion came into the camp and he, he took one of dad's sheep. He took one of the little lambs and he, he ran off in, in, into the wilderness with the lamb. He said, what I want you to know, King, is that I, I didn't just stay there and I didn't just allow it to happen, but I, I, I got up and I left the other sheep and I, I ran after the lion and, and I knocked him down and I pried the lamb from between his jaws. And, and, and King, when the lion rose up to slay me, I slew him with my bare hands. And he said, and there's another time. Kind of the same story that I was tending the sheep and a bear came into the camp and, and he came and he, he snatched one of the little lambs away and he, and he took off with it and he said, again, I left the, I left the rest of the flock and I, I went after the bear and I knocked him down and I pried that little lamb from between his teeth and, and when he rose up to slay me, King, I slew him. David, what did you slay him with? I slayed him with my hands. I, I, I wasn't afraid while well, everybody else would be sitting in the corner afraid and saying, I'll just let that lamb go. He said, I, I wasn't afraid because I knew that when I went after and I pursued after the enemy that I had a God that was going to go with me. And he said, Saul, if you let me go on this battlefield, he said, I won't go it alone. I don't need your armor. I don't need your shield. And I don't need your sword. Because when I step onto that battlefield, I know that I know 
know that I know that God is going with me. The same God that gave me the power to slay the lion. And that same God that gave me the power to slay the bear. I know that he's going to go with me. I know it. You see, sometimes, sometimes it just takes that little child's faith. When God prods us and God tries to, to get us to move, and sometimes we just got to be like a child and say, I, I know that it looks impossible. I know that you think that that giant's going to take me out, and I know that all bets are against me, but I'm going to have a little faith that arises in my soul that says I'm not going to go into battle by myself, but God, I believe and I trust and I know that you're going to go with me. To what I want to share with you. So he, he tries to convince Saul, and, and we all know the story. So Saul gives in, and he says, go fight the giant. We know that David made his way down to the brook, and he picked up five smooth stones, and he went out into that battlefield with that little sling. And we know the story that he puts one of those stones in the sling, and he begins to twirl as the giant is mocking him. Uh, he begins to twirl that sling as the giant begins to laugh at him. He begins to twirl that sling when the giant stands there in the valley trying to intimidate him with his sheer size. And as he, as he slings that, 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 uh, that sling, he lets the stone fly. And the stone met its mark, hitting the giant. And knocking the giant down. And we all say, well, what a great story. He took, he took care of the giant with a smooth stone. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand the story. He knocked the giant out with the stone. But you read on in the story that David goes and takes that big hefty sword that belonged to the giant. And he runs over to that giant. And with every, all the strength that he can muster, he lifts the sword. And he cuts off the head the giant. You see, what I want you to understand tonight is that David knew the tendency of the enemy. He knew what would happen if he ever let that giant get back up to his knees. He knew that he would be in trouble once that giant walked up. So he knew that I have to go finish the job. And it's not enough to knock him out, but i got to go remove his head. Come on, somebody. Come on, young people. Come on, adults. Sometimes you just got to finish the job. It is it's not enough to knock the enemy out. It's not enough to send the enemy running. But sometimes you have to slay the enemy. You see, David, on that hillside tending the sheep, he knew the tendency. He knew the thought process of that lion and that bear. And what I want to leave with you tonight is David knew the reason that David went after the lion when everybody said, you're crazy, boy. That lion will kill you. The reason that he went after that lion and, and why, why he went to go grab the, the, the little lamb from the jaws of that lion, because David knew, if I let you get away with it today, enemy, if I stay here and I allow you to take one of those little lambs, I know what you're going to do. It'll be enough to suffice you for today. But once you get hungry tomorrow, 
And once you get hungry the next day, you'll be back for more. I want to tell somebody in the under the sound of my voice tonight that when the enemy comes creeping in, when he begins to take things from you, you got to get up from where you are and you got to pursue that enemy and you got to slay that enemy. You got to cut its head off because one lamb won't suffice him. Taking your holiness won't suffice him for long. Taking your joy won't suffice him for long. But tomorrow, he'll come back for another thing. And the next day, he'll come back for peace. And the next day, he'll come back for joy. And before you know it, there won't be anything left. David knew that if I allow him, if I allow him to feed on one lamb, if I allow him to get the taste of that blood and that meat in his mouth, then I'm done for because he'll be back time and time and time and time again. I'm talking to somebody that may be here tonight that is flirting and allowing the enemy to come and rob you a little bit at a time. You've allowed him to take your joy. You've allowed him to take your peace. You've allowed him to take your rest. You allowed, you've allowed him to, to, to cloud your mind. But I tell, I'm here tonight to tell somebody that you need to stand up in the face of adversity. You need to stand up in the face of the enemy and say, I know that I let you take that one. And I know you've been back a time or two, but devil, enough is enough. I'm serving you notice that no more are you going to come and rob anything from me. Because if I let you in, you'll take everything. But I'm serving you notice that you may rise up against me. But just as sure as David killed Goliath, I will slay you. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But he knew that before long, his entire flock would be gone. And the second point, the final point that I want to make to you is the reason that David did what he did. It would have been easy, Pastor, for him to say, well, it's just one lamb. It, it's, just a, it's just a small thing. It's just a, a baby lamb, and, and, and spring's coming, and, and in the spring, there'll be a lot more little lambs, so it'll replace that. But the reason that he didn't think that way. And the reason that he did not allow the enemy to take anything from him is because he knew that what he had been entrusted with did not belong to him. I need somebody to help me tonight. He knew that 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 was his dad's flock. His dad put him in charge of those lambs. His dad said, I'm trusting you with what I am placing in your hand. And tonight, God is looking at somebody. And he said, "I've, I've trusted you. I've placed some things in your hand. I've placed the truth, the revelation of the mighty God in Christ in your hand. And I want you to protect it. And when the enemy comes in, when the enemy comes in and tries to steal that from you and tries to say, well, you don't have to believe that way. You don't, you don't have to think that way. I'm entrusting you, and I'm trusting you that you will stand up to the enemy and say, no, 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 devil. No, no, no. You're not taking that from me. It doesn't belong to me, but my father gave it to me. He knew, he knew that what he had been given It wasn't about the one lamb. It wasn't about the small thing. It wasn't about it wasn't about not allowing that adversary 
to take that little lamb. But David knew that what his father had placed in his hands was far more precious in its entirety than one little lamb. Hear me tonight, and I'm closing with this. God has placed it in our hands. He's given us things like, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He gave us scriptures like, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is not unto you, but it's unto your children, and all to those that are far off, as even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He, he gave us scriptures that say that there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know that these three are one. He gave us a flock. He gave us a something in its entirety. He gave us the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. He let us know that there's one way to get to heaven. And that's by receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And being baptized in the name of Jesus in immersion for the remission of your sins. Sin. And if we let the enemy come in and steal just one of those from us, if we just say, yeah, but the Bible talks more about love and forgiveness than it does all these other things. If the enemy can cause us to become confused in our mind and he can rob us one thing at a time before we know it, it's gone. I heard somebody say, this is message. Let me, let me tell you how important this is. Let me tell you how, how important it is, parents, grandparents, to teach your children these scriptures. Let me tell you how important it is to sit down with your children and teach them our basic doctrine. I heard somebody say that this apostolic message is only one generation away from extinction. If we drop the ball, you know they're going to help me tonight. If we drop the ball, if we let, if we let the enemy come in and say, well, it's just one thing, I'm just going to compromise in one area. I, I believe in inward holiness, but this outward holiness, there's, there's not really anything to it. If we just let him come in and convince us, it's just a small thing. It's just a small thing. You don't really have to pay attention to that. You can just skip over that scripture. Then before we know it, he's robbed us one small thing at a time. He's robbed us one small thing at a time. And before we know it, we're standing down the line a couple generations. And we're looking at our kids. And we're looking at our life. And we're saying, where did it go? Where did I go wrong? Eyes not the day of small things. It's not, it, it, it's not only about holiness. It's not only about hero Israel, the word, the Lord our God is one. But it's about the entire revelation. It's about it's not about one scripture, but it's about this book in its entirety. It's about the apostles' doctrine, the teachings that they told us, that the Bible gives us, and that God gave us that said, you must be born 
again. So tonight, don't think of it as just a small thing that is just easily overlooked and it's easily passed over. Don't let it become like we are with children sometimes when these kids come up and they pour out their heart to the Lord. Don't let it be about, well, it's just a small thing. Let's go on with the service and let's, and let's, let's get it over with. Let's get the preaching done and let's go to the restaurant. But the Bible tells us don't despise the days of small things. Don't allow, allow that to arise in your mind. That says, well, I'll just, I'll just compromise here. But somebody needs to stand up in this place tonight and say it may be a small thing. It may look insignificant. It may just be a child. But it's big to God. It's, God's got a plan. God's got a, God's got a, a vision in store. And God, that small thing is going to grow to be a giant killer. Don't despise who's, who's playing with tractors in your backyard. Don't look over that, ch that child that's playing in a sandbox out in the backyard. You never know what they're going to be. That might be the next king. That might be the next giant killer. That might be the next international evangelist. That might be the next conference preacher. Is not the day of small things. Stand in this building right now. And would you just lift your hands to heaven? And would you ask God to just change our mind? Come on, maybe you're here and, and, and you've had that thought process and thinking, well, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. I don't really have to line up to that scripture. But God's telling you tonight. Don't despise the day of small things. Don't overlook it and say, well, it's insignificant because it's very significant to God. And it just might be very significant to your salvation. And if it's significant to your salvation, then it's definitely going to be significant to the salvation of your children and your grandchildren. Tonight, I wonder if one more time, if we would just come here, gather for just a, just a few minutes. We're not going to stay long. Just come for a few minutes tonight. And I want us to take a moment tonight. And we're going to dedicate, we're going to rededicate ourselves to the Lord is what we're going to do. We're going to say, God, I believe the revelation that you have given us. And I believe this apostolic message from the top of my, does anybody believe the apostolic message here tonight? We're going to take just a moment and we're going to dedicate ourselves, rededicate ourselves to the Lord and say, God, I know that at times it just seems like a small thing. And I know I let it slip every now and then. And I know I, every now and then I let, I let the enemy come in. And I let him take one of those small things. But tonight, God, I'm dedicating and I'm purposing in my heart that no more am I going to let the enemy in my ear and talk talk into my ear and, and try to convince me that I don't need it, Brother Jerry, because I need everything that's in that book. I need everything that God has entrusted me with. I wonder if all over this building right now you just lift your hands and you just pray a prayer of rededication. Oh God, right now, Lord, we rededicate our lives. We rededicate, uh, God, everything that you have given to us, Lord. Sometimes the enemy comes in and he tries to steal it from us. And I, I'll be honest, God, sometimes 
We don't put up a very good fight. There are times where we say, I'm, I'm really tired from the battle, and so I'm just going to let it pass. But God, today, we're changing our attitude. We're changing our perspective. And we're saying, God, it may look like a small thing. It may be easy to let go. But I know, God, that it's something that you've entrusted us with. It doesn't belong to me in the first place. So today, God, I'm going to, to make up in my mind that I'm going to ward off every attack of the enemy. I'm going to do my best. I may be tired. I'm, come on, somebody pray with me right now. I may be weak in body, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stand up because I know, God, that it might be a small thing and I may be a small thing, but God, I know when I stand up. God, I know when I go to fight that enemy. God, I know that I'm not going alone. I'm not going into that valley of Elah alone to fight a giant by myself that would surely take me out. But God, I know that you're going to be by my side and I know that you're going to give me strength. I know that you're going to go and you're going to guide my hands. You're going to guide my strikes. You're going to guide my sword and I'm going to take the enemy out and I'm going to slay him once and for all. Come on, somebody lift your voice in this house. Come on, somebody lift your voice in this house and say, God, I declare it. I decree it. God, I'm dedicated to you right now. 